confusion, chaos, and the lack of direction can lead to a whole lot of laughter, especially when, as a couple, you go through life together without the gift of sight. Join Clark and Carrie Roberts as they do life in tandem, the blind leading the blonde. Or is that the blonde leading the blind? Clark and Carrie invite you into real conversations about life, marriage, adversity, and executing your life's vision without being able to see your vision. Humor, dog stories, and insightful discussions with friends. Did we mention there'll be humor? So hit subscribe, pour yourself a cup of deliciousness, and tune in to Coffee, Coffee with, with Clark, Clark and Carrie. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Coffee with, with Clark, Clark and, and Carrie. Carrie. We are so excited to be here today and Absolutely. thank you for joining us and taking time. We hope that you've hit brew on your coffee pot already. And you have something delicious to drink. Yep, make sure Wherever that you Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. <laughs> cup of wine, cup of beer, glass of water, coffee. Coffee's always already appropriate, always appropriate no matter Absolutely. where you're at. Absolutely, whatever and time. And it is five o'clock somewhere. So True. we it have <laughs> we have um, our exciting guest Barry Long back with us for episode two because honestly we just can't get enough Barry. <laughs> oh, absolutely! <laughs> you know we just love we love hanging out with him, love spending time with him, loving you know hearing his whole love of life and how that's all uh, lived out every single day. And yeah, so well, and quite frankly, we tried to leave, but Clark couldn't find the car, so we end up staying longer. <laughs> so. We're just going to, I know. Wow. So. You, wow. Think, you think that I was blind and it can't go anywhere by myself. So actually, we know that that's not true. I've had people say to me, you know, this is, this is Carrie and she takes care of her husband. I'm like, no, I don't. I, I really, really don't take, if anything. Do you he hire takes, her out, Clark? <laughs> he honestly, right. It's like, he honestly, he takes care of me. I mean, I tell people, I'm like, it's amazing to me that I get up in the morning and I go into the bathroom and there's that cup of coffee sitting there waiting for me with a spoon and my little my little sweetener packet on the spoon. And that's that's who my husband is. Absolutely. He has a huge yeah. servant's heart. So for anybody out there that's wondering if I take care of Clark, no. Clark takes care of me. He brews the coffee. <laughs> I load the laundry into the washer. He unloads the laundry into the dryer and then he folds it and puts it away. So I love, oh, yeah. I love the aspect that's yeah. like, you know, it's really is enlightening to people to realize that it's like, I don't, I'm not my husband's caretaker. And, right. and I think Barry, I think you have stories along those lines too. Absolutely. And cause it's just life. It's just life with, as a family, that's what is. we do together. Yeah. But we are going to pick up, um, I think that when we left last and where, 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 when, when, where, we, where did we leave Barry? Where did we leave Barry? I don't know. I didn't see where we left him. <laughs> No, I think, folks, in, in, we were t in, the, in the story, we left Barry in the hospital. He was still dealing with rehab. He was still learning how to get dressed and do life and, and that. Put socks on. That's yeah, right. but I mean, I think, I think from, from what I remember in, in conversations with Barry, it wasn't too long after when he was in the hospital that... Oh, well, no, don't, don't give away things. Let Barry tell. Oh, no, go ahead. That, that, that he decided that there were still things for him to go out and do as far oh. as what he could do uh, vocationally, people to go meet, and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, I had, uh, <clears throat> I had a gentleman come visit me in the hospital, and he came into my hospital room. I still was in bed. And he was in a wheelchair, mm -hmm. and his name was Todd. And I'm going to stereotype, picture this guy, just so you can visualize. Um, if you've seen in Clark, you won't have seen this, but uh, there's a movie called Born on Fourth of July, and Tom Cruise it plays a Vietnam veteran who is rough, very rough. 
And then there's another movie uh, with uh, called Forrest Gump. And in Forrest Gump, there's a character called Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant and he Dan. is another Vietnam veteran who has had some rough times and you know very unkept, long hair, the long mustache, the leather jacket that that they haven't taken off yet that they wore in Vietnam, and that's who Todd right. was. Okay. Todd came into my hospital room, and this was in 1992 or 1991, excuse me. Um, and you know Vietnam had been gone for. Yep. done for a long time but he yes. was still living there yep. right yeah. so he came yeah. again i just wanted to visualize you wanted yep. to visualize who he is Thank so you. he came in and started asking um he asked me a few questions about what happened to me and then started to tell me how cool it was to be in a wheelchair and he rambled on and on about how girls like to sit on your lap when you dance and he, he was just kind of a dirty dude just just in his persona and i didn't relate to anything that he said because he he was just trying to be really cool now i was still in bed i mean i hadn't even gotten out of bed yet so none of this was a perspective that i could even visualize but he said one thing to me during this conversation he said you know kid and i can't do it in the smoke cigarette kind of like give it a shot marge simpson's sisters you know hey man i'm what you need to do is you know set a goal for yourself and when you reach that goal you'll know that your motorcycle crash was in the past i know that huh all right that's valid so he left and Val came in and was like, hey, I was out. I was like, don't ever bring Todd back, ever. I don't ever need to see Todd again. But Val, I do want you to know that I set a goal for myself and I'm going to go to Australia. And she went, you're what? I said, I'm going to go to Australia. I've always wanted to go and I haven't Love gone to yet go and I'm going to go to Australia. And together. that was, that goes, now I'm going to go back to the sock story that we were talking about earlier because that was when she said, that's great because you're going to learn how to get dressed today or you're going to go to Australia naked. You know? So that was well, they, they have new kind of the, yeah. Really? Just saying. I may have been one of those. May have been <laughs> you know, Let's you, just say, let's fast forward now and just say that it took me two years. Okay. And okay. I landed in Australia. To get to Australia wow. or to get dressed? Two years. <laughs> well, it seemed like it took me two years to get dressed, but that was the entire day. <laughs> one year for one sock. Yeah, that's right. The second sock, yeah. So, so you, it really was. It, it was, it was the goal. first time that I had actually had goal setting put in front of me in a way that that wasn't a, yeah that wasn't a bunch of bullet points on a piece of paper because goal setting for most people and for myself at the time when you're in high school and you know you learn how to goal set and you write all these things down on a piece of paper and then you what do you do you check them off but this was the first time that goal setting was put in front of me as a as a destination and it was somewhere that I wanted to go not necessarily something I wanted to do and yeah. I actually use it in my public speaking now because if you, instead of looking at goal setting as a list of bullet points on a piece right. of paper, if you look at goal setting as a directional map that you're trying to get somewhere, I mean, when do you not get where you want to go? Right. I mean, when do you right. not get your coffee? When do you not right. get to school? When do you not get to work? When do you not get to the movie? Even on vacation, I mean, when do you not get to vacation, you always get where you want to go. So go. So people don't realize that they goal set every single day and they're successful every single day at goal setting. Because they're looking at that as a destination, not as a bunch of bullet points on a piece of paper. And that's what list. Todd taught me. Yep. Todd taught me that goal setting wasn't a to-do list. Goal setting was a destination that I wanted to go. And I wanted to go to Australia, dang it. And, and now I had to get dressed. So now all those things that I needed to do to get to that goal were were was that bucket or that bullet list right. of things. I needed to learn how to get dressed and I needed to learn how to, what, what am I going to do to pay for it? And how am I going to travel? And how am I going to get on an airplane? And how, all of these, how's am I, how yeah, am I going to do these the things? Me, yeah. Because I wanted to go somewhere and do something fun. It wasn't just this list of, of, you know, bullet items. Right. right. And it wow. changed my whole perspective on life. It was great because as soon as I said it, then the people around me were like, 
okay, what are we going to do to get you there? Well, one of the very first things I realized was that I couldn't do it by myself. Right. That if I wanted to go to Australia, I was going to have to have people around me that were going to help me get where I wanted to go, which went right back to that whole, you know what? I need to ask for help. Right. And oh, here we so, go. Right. It's right. so important. Such an important, I mean, if there's any nuggets, there's so many nuggets in this for our listeners. If you're listening, for, thank you. I know if you're listening, obviously you are listening or you wouldn't be hearing our voices, but truly grab a piece of paper and take some notes on this. <clears throat> Put it away in that memory bank and and use it, right? Because these are life these are life changing and, and life altering attitudes that give us a growth mindset yes. to move forward right. in life and to right. change our perspective from the solid like I just you know I just want to get out of this bed. No, it's like I want to go to Australia, therefore I'm going to get out of this bed and do all these other things. So 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 you may you mentioned something as you were were sharing about goals and goal setting that that you share that now when you're out speaking. How did how did you get started speaking and doing that? I mean, because I know that uh, you go out and you talk and you roll and, and you do all that fun stuff and, and whatnot. But how did, how did that all come about? It started in the hospital. <laughs> well, of course um, it I got did. Appro- I, I got approached by an organization called Think First, which does brain and spinal cord injury prevention programs for kids. Okay. It's sponsored by the Pediatric Neurosurgeons of America. And the way that their program worked then was that they had a movie. It was a full school assembly where they had a movie that was really boring and scary. And they had slides that a nurse presented, which were very scary because it was a scare tactic assembly. Okay. And then at the end of the presentation, and again, it, it's a lovely program. I don't mean to, to hack it. And the end of the program, they usually had a survivor speaker who did something wrong, made a mistake, hurt themselves, that they could tell their story about, about not doing what they did. And here I was, this kid who had been an idiot on his motorcycle and crashed and survived. And they came to me and said, we think you'd be a perfect survivor speaker because you made a bad choice. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> And that was quite literally how it started. Well, and, and, it's, and it's interesting that you say that because one of the things that, that we've been really honing in on is that you can't just go into a school and say, you know, don't bully. That's right. That's right. It, it's, it's, you have to, you have to, again, change that whole perspective of what that looks like. These yeah. are the things you should do. Yes. So that you don't do this right you know these are this right. is this is, right. these are the actions these are the words this is the mindset you should do to to be positive and encouraging so that you're not cutting people down and you know and so it's it's kind of that same way instead of coming in and going you should not do these things because it hurts right right and what was interesting was the reason why i was excited about it had nothing to do with speaking to kids or telling my story it was because this was an excuse to get out of the hospital that i actually got to go and watch i know i got to go watch well that was later but i got into all sorts of trouble for that but um I got to go watch some assemblies and it was my first experience out of the hospital. And I went and watched a couple of Think First presentations. And as I was watching, I realized that the 700 kids in this gym didn't pay attention to the movie. They weren't watching the slides. They weren't really paying attention to the nurse. And the only time they perked up was when that survivor speaker at the end told their story. And I thought, oh, I can do that. So when I got out of the hospital, there was a Think First program in Seattle. And I went to him and said, hey, look, I want to be your speaker. And I went and did several presentations right. just like the old style that they had done with this lovely woman. Um, and she was the nurse. And I went, you know, they really don't pay attention to you. They don't watch the movie. They don't do the slides. Let me run this thing. 
And, and I did my first full school assembly at my old junior high. What because did she say when you principal. said that? When she you said, were like, yeah, she knew. She knew. Yeah, oh, she yeah. Could, well, you can tell. And she knew. Oh, I mean, she knew me and she also understood kids. It doesn't take a lot and to read an audience. I got, you kids. know, and I went to my old junior high and I had a 700 kid assembly that I got a standing ovation for talking about safety. And I made it fun. And I used honeydew melons and let them hit the ground and explode if you're not wearing a helmet. And I used a tomato to show what happens to your brain. And I brought licorice with a spinal cord. And uh, man, we had a great assembly. It was great. And the next year and a half, I must have done 100 assemblies. And since then, I've talked to over half a million kids in five different countries. And and I started my own company because Think First actually kicked me out. Because I wasn't using the movie and I wasn't doing the slides and I wasn't following their protocols and the national think first program came and pulled our, our charter and wouldn't let me be a think first speaker. So that was when I started my own company. So is, is the think first program still, it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's still running so, I mean, around still, the country. They're still making an impact. Yeah. Of course, we yeah. know it's, that they are. It's primarily I mean. catered towards elementary school kids. Okay. The, the, the idea of their presentation, but I actually moved it into that high school and middle school range. And then started talking about drinking and driving and talking about drugs and talking about just making choices. And the actual name of my assembly is called It's Your Choice. And that was what you were talking about, Kara, was that you let them own their own choices. And sometimes you can't tell a kid not to drink and drive, but you can tell his best friend if he drinks and drives, he might kill your family. And then the best friend is going, well, dude, I'm going to take your keys. And how is and how is that choice going to affect you for the next minute, the next month, the next year? That's right. Well, and That's how right. and how is it going to affect everyone around? Well, you? and there was also you a, never go through it alone ever. Right, right. And there was also an underlying message with my presentations was it wasn't just about safety; it was about choices, but it was also about attitude. And then there was also the story of me wetting my pants when I bungee jumped, because they also needed to see that. <laughs> When bad things happen, you can turn that in any way you want. So when I'm telling the story of me at the edge of a bungee platform. Was this in Australia? All over the world. Yeah. 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 That, that it's, it's giving them this kind of double message of, Hey, well, it's all about choice and it's not just about choices to keep yourself safe, but it's about choices to keep yourself healthy and choices to stay positive and choices, you know, around your life. It's not just about safety. Safety is a great conduit for me to explain the concept of choices, but then it's all about choices. I mean, like, like, same thing. Why Clark and I have a good time is because we both choose to be happy, positive, and just overcome whatever is put in front of us. So, right. Right. and so that that's a long-winded answer. Well, then what <laughs> what happened to the speaking was that I did a you know an assembly, and then the principal asked me to come talk to his Rotary Club, you know, and then boom, I'm in Rotary, and the next thing I know, the wife of the principal at work for Boeing, and then she called me and said, "Can you come talk to Boeing?" And next thing I know, I'm doing international keynotes and got to travel the world doing that, and it's just been fantastic. Which that's... that actually led me into my world of real estate. Was I did a keynote for Sotheby's and made fun of them about the lack of accessibility in real estate, and be careful what you ask for because a month later they took me out to lunch and went, "You're right," you know. And the owner of Marketplace <laughs> right. Sotheby's said, "It does suck, and accessibility is non-existent, and why don't you come fix it for us?" Well, it's so, amazing. So, it's those fresh eyes. It's it's oh, that new view which yeah. you you bring, honey. You bring fresh eyes and a new absolutely. view. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's all perspective. I do, I do. So so okay. So so you're now out speaking, making mm-hmm. a living, doing all that fun and stuff. And and I know that you're. Married, have two kids. Yep. So how did that? Well, all he wasn't happen? at that time. No, he wasn't. He was single. <laughs> no, he was, was out single. single, running around the country, running around the world, doing all that fun stuff. But it, at some point in time, you met Emily. I did meet. Well, did Emily. you ever yeah. think? First, so first of all, I want to ask. I want to back up a bit, though. So no, okay, when, when you're doing all this and everything, and you're out having fun, and you're living life, and you're, you're living life after you know being in a wheelchair, yeah. you know, it's like okay, this is this is a choice that I'm going to make, and having a full fun, exciting, Full, fun, single filled, exciting. bachelor life, mm-hmm. making an impact. 
was there a goal that you had that I want to meet someone? Or were you like, no. I'm kind of having fun? Um, no, I never had a goal to meet someone. Okay. I had always actually kind of envisioned myself, you know, adopting some kid, you know, who had a rough go and you know, some boy that we were just going to go backpack around the world together and go hang out, you know, because he was 16 and his parents, you know, died or something. I mean, it was just kind of a random, you know, thought that I'd had, but I never anticipated wife, kids. Um, and I actually met somebody when I was traveling that I, that I fell for and, and, uh, we had a really fun time traveling and it didn't work out just the distances of where she lived and where I lived, but no, I really wasn't looking for that long-term thing. So in, in, in my perspective, you got blindsided. I did. She is definitely blonde. That's right. Yeah. You didn't even know that Clark. So that was well put. Well and put. I just want you to know that blonde siding is one of my fortes. Just saying. Yeah. Hey, whatever works. I got blonde sided. You got blonde sided. And it's a good thing. It, it, it is yeah. a good thing. It's it was in a, thing. it was in a kindergarten classroom. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, tell hey. us. so here, so back so to think tell. first. Okay. So yeah, back so, to think yeah. first now. So I'm, I'm easy with the high school and middle school kids with high school right. kids. You, any sexual innuendo and you have all their attention and the staff's attention too. with middle school kids. It's any bodily fluid or sound, you know, so boom, you've got yes, them too. Yes, but with yes, elementary yes. school kids, they're monsters. There is no rhyme, no reason as to how to get well, them to pay it, attention. It, in my speaking world, you get, get below about third grade. It's like, how do I keep their attention? Oh, well, you, you have do. a dog. That I helps. Say, you, you, know? you have a dog and you have a great it, sense of yes, humor. I have a, and I you have, can't even I, see the kid in the front row picking his nose and eating it. You know, that's just. So And it's really inappropriate of me to say, and oh, by the way, honey, just for your visual, this one in the front row is picking their nose and eating it because that just isn't right to point them out in class. It's when I look over at the principal and the principal's like, ah, I shouldn't have let Billy sit in the front row, you know. So anyhow, so the little kids were killing me. I mean, they're monsters. Oh, they're so much fun. And one of my best, dearest friends in the world is a kindergarten teacher. So she worked at Shadow Lake Elementary and I called her up and said, hey, Dara, can you do me a huge favor? Can I come in and and just student teach with you for like a month and learn how to manip- educate little kids. <laughs> and she said, no, you're kidding. And I went, no, I'm serious. Yeah, she knew she you. knew what I do. Like, no. And uh, so she got the principals. Okay. And we got the parents. Okay. Yeah. And I went and I student taught for a month in a kindergarten classroom. And day one of my student teaching, this absolute smoking hot little teacher, student teacher walked by and I looked at Dara and said, who is that? And Dara went, you can't talk to her. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, no, she's had a boyfriend for years. And Dara knows you. Dara knows me really well. So, and, and, and she said, no, she's got a boyfriend that they've had, she's had for years and they went, they went to college together and they're going to get married someday. And I went, I did not ask for any of that ridiculous information. I just asked what her name was and her name was Emily. So I may have bumped into Emily at the teacher's lounge. May have. May have. And uh-huh. I had a couple of little chats with say, Emily. When you say bumped in, do you mean you literally bumped in? I may in have her? just accidentally gone, oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. That's but, my line. I know, well, exactly. It's called, hey, it's called a bump and run. That's right. You ran the, over uh, the wheelchair is what you're saying. I, I, if I could have, but I was trying to be tactful. So it, people don't believe this part of the story, but Dara will absolutely validate this, that at the end of the day, when all of the elementary school kids run towards the buses, it's bedlam. And it's scary for someone who's never seen that before. So we were out by the buses and I'm hiding behind Dara because like a thousand kids are screaming, running for the buses. You can just visualize this chaos. Oh, we've been and it. Emily, oh, yes, been Emily there. walked around the corner and she was wearing a little teacher sundress. And I looked at Dara and I grabbed her, her dress and I went, Dara, She's like, what? I went, see Emily there? I went, I'm going to marry her someday. Okay. In my, in, my, in my head, I'm literally seeing like a kindergartner pulling on his mommy's dress mm-hmm. going, mommy, mommy, mommy. I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry Emily. Like, She's in my Dara. kindergarten class. I'm going to marry. I'm going to marry Emily. And Dara will validate that story. Yep. Now, it took me a while, but I eventually. But again, 
You said this was a destination. It's a destination. <laughs> <laughs> there was somewhere I wanted to be. This was a journey. He's now got a goal. So folks. I actually, so I, I pulled the like the kindergarten move of the century, and when I was done with my student teaching, I actually went to Fred Meyer and I bought crayons and construction paper and glitter and glue, and I wrote her a love note. And I got to school that day to give it to Emily because she did have a boyfriend and they, they'd been and I knew but I was like, I don't care about that. So I wrote They're this love married. note and it said, if you ever break up with your dumb boyfriend, call me and you know, my, um, I want to kiss you. I mean, my dog likes to kiss people. And it was just I did it with my left, my other hand. And I made it like a kindergartner would because I'd been working with kindergartners for a month and she was and a first grade teacher and I put my phone number on it. She never called. But, oh, I got there that day and she wasn't even there. And I went, Dara, you have to give this to Emily. I even like taped it up and put glitter on it. And, and Dara went, what are you doing? Best and I said, you need to give this to Emily. And she went, I'm not giving this to her. And I'm like, Dara, <laughs> give it to her. So I gave it to Dara. And then I left and moved back to Europe. I was moved to Europe. And I was oh. gone. I was out of the country for months. And, you know, of course, I never heard anything from Emily. Well, Dara gave it to her. And she said, he's really not crazy. Well, I'd been gone living in overseas and I came back the day I came back, like six months later, I went to one of my favorite little pubs down in Kirkland and I was actually on a blind date, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but, uh, we like, and I dates. say that, just I know, I know, I know that just, I just thought that was appropriate for some reason. So Anyhow, so it was a woman who had left a note on my car before I left. And I got home from Europe. I was, okay, that's funny. And I, and I picked up her. my coat and it was in the coat pocket and I thought, I'm just going to call her. So I called her and said, hey, I know I haven't called you. You left a note on my car like six months ago. And I've just got back in the country. Do you want to go grab coffee? And she said, sure. So this girl and I went and met at the timeout down in Kirkland. I know. Coffee. I said coffee. Uh-huh. I know. And uh, but we weren't we weren't compatible at all. And okay. we just had a nice right. drink. Yeah. And as we were sitting there, Emily walked into that bar with a friend of mine from Sweden, Tina. That I didn't obviously know. They knew each other. They walked in and was like, you got to be kidding me. So how long? So you'd been back how long? 12 hours. So hardly back at all. <laughs> Not and, even a day. And in walks. Uh-huh. In walks, walks Emily. Emily. And I'm thinking, Bling. oh my gosh, did Dara give her the letter? Yeah. Yeah, see, you didn't know. I had no idea. Because you hadn't even So anyhow, I walked over and I was like, Tina, hi, Emily. And she's like, hey. And I went, you guys don't leave. I'm about ready to be done over here. And I, and we'd finished our little coffee. And then I went out and got my dog and brought my dog into the bar. And we closed the bar out that night and talked all night. And it was like, oh, yeah. Did Tina stay there? or did Tina The three leave? of us stayed. The and then three, actually okay. the four, Tina and my my best friend, Brian, who I'd been backpacking around the world with, who I was with in Europe. Okay. Um, he and I took Tina and Emily out the next night and just went out for dinner and hung out. Yeah, and that was Very kind cool. of the beginning. Yeah, Very and so then is, when fast forward now, okay, we, we about, were dating. I just have to say, talk about divine intervention. Oh yeah. I mean, right. I'm sorry. You find a note in your pocket when you get back, you and call you, another and, girl, and then you decide to call. Yeah. On that note. Right. And, and, and you're in a restaurant. So here's a you're random and side note. You go note. to that restaurant just, and then how did did Tina even know that you knew Emily? Did Emily know that? So here's the random Tina? side note. Okay, because none of this is random. So Tina, Tina's boyfriend was Emily's boyfriend's brother. All right. <laughs> yeah. They were talking that night. This came out years later. Okay. They were talking that night and somehow I got brought up in the conversation and Tina said, oh, he hangs out at a bar down in Kirkland. We should just drive by and see if his Mustang's out front. And my Mustang was out front. Okay, let the, me just the, say the, the red, red Mustang. Mustang. The red we Mustang. have seen parked on the side of the road <laughs> yeah. in different see, places. This is a reason why you never get rid of a Mustang. No, no, the Mustang. <laughs> that and the Superman sticker so, and the handicap plate. That's right. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so seriously. Yeah. So, I love so, how you can track this back. This so, is, so the two of you fall in love, get married. Well, I don't know if it was that quick. Well, I we know, let but Barry tell the story. But no, I no, mean, keep asking. You're good. But I mean, I'm, you know, I'm curious as to how did Emily react to the whole aspect of your life revolves around your chair. Yes, that was a challenge. Um, I found. Uh, in the beginning, I had to, I had to really bring up the fact that if she wanted to know something, she had to ask me because I didn't know she didn't know, or I didn't know that she wanted to know. And I'd learned that in my travels that people would get uncomfortable with me. And I would say, what, what are you uncomfortable about? Yeah. You know, and when Emily and I started dating and there, there was this, she'd never met anybody in a wheelchair before. I, mean, I didn't know that, but I didn't even really think about it. You know, I mean, it was my life. So right? she she had to ask. I mean, when we started talking about, you know, the relationship moving to the next level, well, what did that mean? What was involved? If she didn't ask, I didn't know she didn't know. Right. So communication became the key factor in that. And it still yes. works with our relationship today. We just oh, had our absolutely. 23rd wedding anniversary a few weeks congratulations. ago. Yes, you know, congratulations. Yes, so, congratulations. As did we um, in April. Yeah, that's right. That Ours was April as well, yeah. Yep. And We're April 3rd. What are you? We're the twenty. Eighth. That's right. Okay. I knew I knew. Or 26th. 26th. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Her birthday that, is the 28th. You better get that. Okay. Her birthday yeah. is the 28th. <laughs> yeah. So so Clark, to answer your question, it, it was communication. It really was. And she, yeah. you know, as we got, you know, more serious and more serious and started actually talking about getting married, there was that question of, well, what does it mean? And she had gotten to know my friends and my friends just my chair was just a means of transportation for me. You know, it's an accessory. It's like a purse. I have different chairs for different different days. You know, yeah. if I'm off road or on road, dazzle it. Uh, yeah, it depends. I have friends who want to dazzle it. But, yeah. I mean, my old chair, the color was Razzleberry. You know, Razzleberry. so I mean, if you're gonna go, you know. <laughs> so my chair became an accessory that Emily has to deal with, and now I have two seventeen year olds. And what's great is this has really become a turning point where now the kids are the ones that are getting my chair in and out of the car. So I know, Emily I know have that, to now. no, and I know that one of the things, and I think that, I think we're going to wait and do this another time, the, the part of this, because I would love to have Emily and you on together. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. And because yeah. I think She's that, much more articulate and smarter than I am. Well, so. she's so much cuter. <laughs> That's true. You know, That's true. I mean, truly. I don't know. I haven't seen her. <laughs> she and, is, well, Clark, trust us on this. You can meet my friends, but you can't see my friends. Remember that. That's my right. husband. Oh, That's true. So I think that one of the things that I love that I'm hearing is... It was really natural for me with Clark. My my communication with him just came very naturally because I'm I'm a verbal processor, and right. so asking questions, talking out the layout of the land, um, the different things we're seeing. I mean, you you truly start to see things differently, and I'm I'm guessing that it's the same. Whereas I think that everybody has been around somebody who's blind. I think that everybody has been around somebody who ha- they've seen a puppy raiser with their guide puppy in training, and I would imagine that for you. You kind of get in that place where you're like, hasn't everybody been around somebody in a wheelchair? Hasn't everybody? I mean, somebody. I mean, you know somebody that's somebody, but you find that actually it's far less than what you think. It is, and what's interesting is not just Emily that deals with that; it's the kids. You know, the twins are 17, and growing up, every once in a while they'll be the, oh yeah, one of my friends went, but your dad's in a wheelchair, and I'll, then the kid will, or, you know, one of my, the kid, <laughs> one of the kids will go. Well, yeah, yeah. you know, okay. so they have that. Oh, yeah. It's just their life. That's right. that's all they know. They don't know anything different. Right. And, right. and what's fun is it's been special to them. Yes. You know, they're the yeah. ones with the dad in the chair. And I've done assemblies at their school. So all the oh, kids yeah. know who I am. You know? that's, yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I know. Which Gavin loves, but he embarrasses the heck out of Grace. Oh, my gosh, right. You have it in common. We have that in common with you. I mean, Clark is the dad that everybody everybody knows he's there because he's the loudest. True. He True. may not see the, the best kids looking out of well. the sports field. Definitely. 
<laughs> but I mean, it's also too the fact you know that that our daughter would have friends come over to the house, and you know, jokes are getting told about you know blindness and her blind dad, and they're kind of looking at Becca going. Um, are we supposed to laugh? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kids don't get it. My kids don't get easily offended. No, no, nor do our. And it's uh-uh. so funny because the difference between Jacob and and our daughter um, Rebecca is that is that without a doubt, Jacob's the the football players, they were like easy easy into the jokes and stuff. Oh yeah, easy into that. Whereas whereas I think that you know with our daughter, her friends were a little bit more timid in understanding, and it didn't take them long. The parents no. even would be like, "Are we supposed to laugh?" <laughs> we're like. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Not only that's are you supposed right. to laugh, but go ahead and join in. You know, again, because it goes back to humor oh, overcoming the... Absolutely. It, it breaks the, the uh, uncomfortableness. Yeah, the yeah. Bar- it breaks down the barriers, breaks down all that, and it, it you does. know what it does. It comes back to what you were saying earlier, Barry, about you and, you and Emily. It's that, that communication. Don't right. just assume. You know, if you have a question, ask. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think... You know, I always and I always tell tell my audiences, you know, when it gets to be Q and A time for whatever the age group, you know what? There is no question that's off the table. That's right. I, the same thing, which is always entertaining. Yes, oh, it absolutely. Is. Yeah. Well, and I that's one of the things I really want to encourage our listeners, you know, in as they're going through life. You know, I think that you both have experienced where you've you've seen people walking up with kids and, right. and they do the thing that's like don't, oh, don't have yeah. to oh yeah and that's actually the opposite of what you want the Absolutely. kids have a natural a natural curiosity to want to know and what we do is we 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 take away the normalization of it when we tell them don't ask that's right you want mm-hmm. it to be normal to ask it's normal to be curious it's normal to want to know you know how do you how do you use the bathroom how do you you know how how do you drive you know, for Clark, you know, well, how do you type? How do you walk? I mean, how do you how do you find your mouth? I mean, depending on the age of the kids. And I really would encourage our listeners to encourage curiosity, encourage um, the the growth of their knowledge in asking yep. those questions. Yep. And you may encounter at times someone who doesn't necessarily want to share that information. So actually what I do in my presentations is I, I tell people it's okay to ask if you can ask. Yeah. You know, is it okay if I ask why is that okay if I ask how? Yes. And little kids get it. Yes. Adults are are they're uh, a little more guarded. Yeah, they are. You Do know, they, they well. And with kids, are easier in terms of just accepting yeah. me saying, "Hey, you know what? If you see someone in a chair, go up and say hi. Can I yeah. ask why you're in a wheelchair? Yes. Because it gives that person the opportunity to say yes or no. Because not Absolutely. everybody's as social as Clark and I are. Right. You know Absolutely. that some people don't want to talk about it, or it's too new, or it's they don't even know. Yeah. Um, and kids are great. You know, when I I told the twins. And they know they've known this forever that it's okay if you you know you ask why somebody is in a situation. And I took the twins up to uh, or Emily and I, I say I we we took the twins up to Whistler for the Olympics for the and for the Paralympics. Okay, wow. yeah. and it was fantastic that the kids were five while we were at the Olympics. So they turned five. Their fifth birthday was there, and Grace had been practicing asking people if she could ask them why they were in whatever situation they were. I mean, she practiced on the dog. She practiced on the doorknob. She practiced on her dolls. So we get to Whistler and there's a thousand people with oh, different yeah. disabilities. Uh-huh. And every single one of them, she was like in a, a little balloon that was going to explode. Can I ask him? Can I ask him? Can I ask him? And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I'm trying to protect people's space. But she finally <laughs> saw this kid. This is a really awesome, like one of my favorite stories with Grace. She saw this kid. He was in a manual chair. And he was kind of smiling, and and this is in the middle of the uh, the Olympic Village in Whistler. Okay. And Grace is five, 
and I'm watching this kid and he was interacting with people and he seemed kind of positive. And Grace was like, dad, can I ask him why he's in a wheelchair? And I went, all right, let's go over there. So we went over and I said, hi, you know, my name is Barry and this is my daughter, Grace. And she was wondering if she, I could ask you a question. So Grace came right up to him and said, hi, my name's Grace. And he said that my name's uh, CJ or, um, anyhow, he, uh, uh, Casey, that was his name, Casey. She said, do you mind if I ask you why you're in a wheelchair? And Casey's demeanor She's changed. She's, She's five. five. She's, you know, a little bit taller than my knees. And Casey's demeanor changed. And he turned white as a ghost. And then I realized that he didn't have any legs and he had burn marks all up his neck. And he looked at me and he just about started to cry and went, how do I explain landmine? Now, Grace wow. is immediately nervous because his demeanor just changed. changed and so she much. kind of backed behind me. And my first thought was, run away. But it was like, no, no, handle this. And I went, you mind if I drive, Casey? And Casey said, yes, please. I went, you know, Grace? I went, you know, sometimes Daddy watches those shows and there's big explosions and things. And she said, yeah. And I went, well, I think what happened was that Casey was in another country and that he stepped on one of those bombs and one of those explosions happened. And look at that. It, it blew his legs off and it burnt up his neck. And what I think that's what happened. Is that what happened, Casey? And, and he looked at me and he said, yep, that's what happened. And I went, so now you know what happened to Casey. I went, Grace, I'm proud of you for asking. And she was sitting there and she was kind of crying and he didn't know what to do. And then she stood up with that little five-year-old self that she had and she straightened herself up and she goes, so he's just like you, only he doesn't have any legs. Oh, and I went, you pretty much nailed it, kid. Wow. And, I, and so at this point now, Casey's crying. And now he's crying for a different reason because this five-year-old girl just stepped up and didn't care. Yep. And then she looked up and I went, you know, Casey, I went, Grace, I bet Casey dig a hug right now. Oh. And Grace stood up and this was my favorite moment of, of her life. She knew that they were not allowed to step on my feet because I only wear socks. I don't wear shoes. And when they would step on my feet to get on my lap, they would make my socks dirty. So they would step on the side of my chair to then climb up on my lap. Well, she looked down at Casey's chair and he didn't have any legs. So she put both feet right on his footrests because he still had him. And she reached up and she gave him a hug. And now he was crying and he was probably 22. So then we got done. I look over at Emily and she's standing there and Gavin was oblivious to this whole thing. And I looked at Emily and I went, I think Grace needs ice cream. And she's like, I think we need ice cream. And then she grabbed the kids and they went and I turned to Casey and I went, dude, you are awesome. And he was like, no, you don't understand. He goes, your daughter just showed me a perspective on life that I had no idea. Oh my gosh. And now he and wow. I are crying. We're sitting in the middle of the Olympic Village crying. Wow. Because Grace didn't care. She just totally accepted who he was because, you know, her dad's in oh, a chair yeah. and it's just oh, like, yeah. who cares? Oh, yeah. And that was such an awesome moment for me because it's all a matter of perspective. It is. It's seeing that heart yeah, of kindness. Yeah. It's That's seeing, right. Yeah. It's seeing, seeing, mm. seeing the person. You know, yes. uh, what, I, what I try to share a lot is about the fact that Meet the person who's in here. Yeah, that's right. And for, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. So, so the person didn't have legs. So you sit in a chair all day. You're still a person that's that right. has all these dots and dreams and desires and goals and wants to go out and enjoy life. Right. right. Let them go. And it was wonderful to see life through the, the perspective of a five year old. 
Now, Gavin's, Gavin's experience at the, the Olympics was slightly different. He and I were right down at the stage. Now, if, if you've ever been to the Olympics, it's an amazing show. It's a never, party. Never it's it's got energy that I've never seen. And I would recommend it as a bucket list for anybody, really? especially the Paralympics, because there's another level of athleticism yeah. and excitement there. That I think is so beyond. That, that is even more inspirational. Yeah. Yes. And the Olympics are inspirational. Yes. I love the Olympics. It's Absolutely. my favorite event. The Paralympics adds another level of inspiration oh, yeah. just because of the the obstacles that those who are in the Paralympics have overcome to get there. Yeah. And right. Olympic athletes have to overcome amazing obstacles. Right. Not and there's another the level yeah. to yep. that. So yep. it, the way that it that it's played out is that while they're doing the medal ceremony, it's a party and everybody's partying and the music is loud and there's flames places and, and everybody's just having a great time. And then as soon as they're about ready to, to actually put the gold medal over that person's neck, Everything gets quiet and they announce their name and then they play their national anthem. Mm. And I'm talking quiet. Like people have a level of respect that Mm. it is silent. So Gavin's on my lap. Remember he's five and he's just a little guy. He's standing on my knees so he can see around because I'm short and he's short. So he's standing (laughs) on my knees and he's got his hands kind of on my head and we're just booking through the crowd. We're right down at the stage because I wanted him to see the Olympic, the, the medal ceremony. Right. And it's super loud. We get right up to the stage and he's basically got his hands on the stage. We're five or six or eight feet away from the three wheelchairs that are about ready to get their medals. It goes silent. Gavin in his little five-year-old kind of girl voice goes, dad, because we were yelling at each other to talk because it's so loud, even though we're a foot away. He yells in his little voice, which gets picked up by the mic speakers on the stage. Dad. Even, someday I want to win a gold medal, even though I'm not in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh my goodness. And everybody in the Olympic Plaza heard him say it. Oh my goodness. And for the next five days, as we were wandering around the village, people would come up to me and go, Oh my gosh, we heard your son. That was the most adorable thing. He, he thought that you could only win an Olympic gold medal if you were in a wheelchair. He didn't know there was any other way. That was his perspective on life. You know, <laughs> and it was so awesome. So These awesome. two different experiences with my little five-year-old kids and, now, and now how they their perspective on life is yeah. because they grew up with this. And yeah. it's, it was just a fantastic experience. It, it is That's amazing awesome. because I think that, you know, we're, we, ha- we have an opportunity to yep. teach our kids how to embrace normal. Yes. But we have to realize that normal is outside of the box. What is normal? Yeah. What is normal? Yes. Yeah. And and embracing your own normal. It's like for us, you know, people ask, you know, Clark is like, well, what is it like to be blind? And he's like, well, this is just my normal. Yeah. Right. You know, it's no different. It's like, I just, this is, we live life this, this way. Is, yeah. This is, this is how it is. This is what I do. I mean, you know, I'm not going to let me stop me. And, you know, you just go out and do it. That's right. When I, so after my crash, I actually went back to college. I went to Bellevue Community College because my insurance company wanted to pay me to get retrained because I couldn't be a fishing and hunting guide in a wheelchair. <laughs> I could not run the bears anymore. So, you know. I was um, just going to say you became so bear bait. <laughs> I wanted to be a DJ. And that was one of my goals when I was a little kid. I wanted to be a DJ. Well, uh, Bellevue Community College had its own radio station and it had radio broadcasting mm-hmm. classes. So I got my, I got my on-air gig at KBC, uh, KBCS. And um, I was taking an advanced audio production class. Okay. So it was learning how to make commercials for radio and how to produce commercials, um, music, and, and different things within audio. So the day before my class, I get a phone call from the school saying that 
there's only two students that signed up for this class, but the professor is willing to still teach it if we were interested in taking it. And I said, sure. So I show up the next day for class and my instructor is blind. Wow. <laughs> Born with no eyes. So I'm thinking, this is crazy. I'm about ready to take an audio production class from a blind dude. I'm waiting for the second student to show up and all of a sudden battle him at the door and in comes a dog. The other student is blind. Is blind. Get out of here. <laughs> so I'm about ready to take an audio production class with two blind guys. Yep. <laughs> and they blindfolded me the whole time because that. they wanted me to learn how to listen to what it was that I was making instead of see the levels. So they would blindfold me when I was doing radio because it's not, it's radio. It's yeah. not about seeing the, yeah. the vision. And I'm looking at my line that's going into the red to see whether I've got it too loud or not. And both of them were like, would you just close your eyes and listen? You, you can hear what it is that you want to do. So I learned everything within the production studio without my, without, my eyes. So when I actually got my internship at KISW, because I really wanted to work for The Rock, and I ended up getting an internship. Kathy Faulkner gave me an internship at at KISW, and I I wanted to be a DJ. And now I had a 24-track. So I was actually making commercials for the radio station. Well, I would do everything with my eyes shut. And they would make fun of me, because I would have my headphones on, and I'd be in the back, back production studio doing whatever it was I was working on. And I always had my eyes closed, because I learned how to listen to music and listen to the audio because I wasn't making videos. I was making audio. So it taught me a perspective on life that I use today. I, you get outside of your own comfort zone and you learn and you really truly do put yourself in someone else's shoes. You're going to get smarter because of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you something. We, there's, there's so many, there's so many other layers of this whole relationship conversation that we would love to at some point in time like Carrie's already said you know it'd be so great at one point to uh, bring Emily on bring, bring Emily on exactly get the dirt that's right that's right and even at some point in time if your kids would be open to it yeah. you know getting their perspective on what they view life as you know from from living the life with a father who's been in been in a chair their whole entire life you know but I mean you do look at it from a different perspective, but it's all about looking at life and realizing that life is life and life is this gift that we yep. all get and we have to figure out or choose, not figure out, but yeah, it it's choose, choosing. choose what you're going to do with it. And, yeah. you know, it is so exciting to hear. I mean, you know, realizing, yeah, there was that point in time that you thought about throwing it away. Boom, natural feeling. I thought about throwing away because my perspective, my mindset was the fact blind people don't get to do anything and that was not what I wanted. And I wanted to be able to go true. out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I right. wanted to be able to go out and still live and have a very fulfilled, exciting, wonderful life. Right. Boom. It can be if you choose it. So go out. Live your life. Remember that life is a gift. Unwrap it. Cherish it and share it. Wherever you go, whatever you do, and whoever you are with. Yeah. And I just, we'd love to have you back again. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. This yeah. Right. I mean, love this, this conversation could be, I mean, I think we've got, might be 10 episodes with Barry. <laughs> 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 so, and and, and it, even during those episodes, we'll have to figure out, it's like, okay, wait, are we going to I'm bringing Bailey's for my coffee, going, all right? <laughs> I know. It might be coffee cocktails with Clark and Carrie <laughs> and Barry. So, 
Well, we want to thank our listeners for joining us. We know that this one's gone a little bit longer, but as you can tell, you kind of, this is one of those where you end and you go, but wait, I want to hear more. I want to keep going. Please keep going. And honestly, I could listen to the two of you all day. Although I do have to say, I am not wearing mascara next time or more waterproof <laughs> because between between crying, tears of humor and joy, and then also just tears of compassion for what you two have gone through. And more than that also is how you've chosen yep. to embrace yeah. it and how your you kids have chosen to embrace it right. and how it has changed their perspective on how life can be. Because that is life-changing. Well, and how and, their perspective has changed mine. And, and how their perspective you know, has changed yours. I love that. Yeah. And truly, all of the children and adults, all the people that you've been around, um, I I know that my life has changed greatly. And my perspective has changed greatly. And I love seeing the way that my kids embrace it. Like you said, Barry, how their perspective has changed for them, but also how it's changed us. Yep. Right. Right. Because it does. And so I just want to thank you for coming on. Absolutely. It has been so much fun. Oh, no, it's fun. And that's what it's all about is just having fun. That's I love right. It. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Making a difference, having fun, and just being being comfortable in your own shoes or yeah, socks. Yeah, yeah socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this has been Coffee with Clark, Clark and, and Carrie, Carrie and, and Barry. And don't forget. Do like, like yep. share, and subscribe. <laughs> that too. And then that last little tagline so. you like to do. Oh, live your life. Oh, life. Yeah, you got me all, all befuddled. Life is a gift. Unwrap it, cherish it, and share it wherever you go, whatever you do, and whoever you're with. Have a great day, everybody. Touche. Thanks, Barry. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments, please be sure to ask. Don't forget to like, share, or subscribe so that you do not miss one episode of Coffee with Clark and Carrie.